Recording in progress. Good evening. Time being 7 o'clock, I call the September 20th, 2023 meeting of the Franklin Town Council to order. Please pause for a moment of silence. Please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Announcements from the chair. All citizens are now welcome to attend public board and committee meetings in person. Meetings are live streamed by Franklin TV and shown on a change, Comcast Channel 9 and Verizon Channel 29. In an effort to maximize citizen engagement opportunities, citizens will be able to continue to participate remotely via phone or you may click the Zoom link that's on the posted agenda and on the town's website. Phone number is 929-205-6099 and enter the meeting ID, which is 858-8825-7084. Then you need to hit the pound sign. Once again, the number is 858-8825-7084, pound. If residents are just interested in watching the meeting, it will also be live streamed by Franklin TV. Okay, citizens' comments. Citizens are welcome to express their views for up to three minutes on a matter that is not on the agenda. The council will not engage in a dialogue or comment on a matter raised during citizens' comments. The town council will give remarks appropriate consideration and may ask the town administrator to review the matter. Is there anyone in council chambers that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? Other than the town clerk. Thank you. <laughs> 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 he always festers me, so today I came prepared. I wrote everything down. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Chairman and council members. So I'm Nancy Danello and I'm your town clerk. I'm here tonight to talk about the two elections that we have coming up. The first is October 24th, the tri-county election. Um, and that's for the construction of a new school. And this will be held at the Franklin High School between the hours of 12 and eight. And it is not precinct specific. I know you're probably sick of hearing me say, it's not precinct specific. So I want to explain what that means. I'm going to have four tabulators set up with four ladies sitting up front, okay? And I'll have 10 ballot booths per table set up. You do not have to go to your precinct to vote, okay? You can go to any lady and you can insert your ballot into any tabulator. So what does that mean for the end of the night? We're gonna have a yes vote and we're gonna have a no vote. I can give you the totals of yes, totals of no. That's it, okay? Um, we will not have how many people voted yes in precinct one and how many voted no in precinct one. 
back in 1995, I did some research. We had 500 people come out to vote. I hope we get more than that this time, 500 people. Now granted, we had a lot less voters, but 12 to 8 will be really slow if we only get 500 people out. So um, I've been getting a lot of calls from people who are unaware of this election, okay? So we just had a meeting with the Tri-County and I specifically asked because they did tell us at our first meeting that they were going to send out notices to the public and they will be doing so. Um, and they're also gonna be at the Harvest Fest and they'll be throughout town at the farmer's market. They are going to um, inform the public. I will have all the signs up at the Village Mall, um, over by the uh, bridge, uptown. So the signs will all be up. Everything is on my website and Tri-County also has a website up. Um, so ironically tonight they're holding a meeting as well with their school committee and they're voting on the proposed ballot question. So I will be ordering those ballots probably tomorrow or some point next week. Now, um, you can request ballots be mailed to you and we will certainly mail those and you can also come in and vote in person, okay, during regular business hours. And um, last day to register to vote for this election will be October 14th and that is a Saturday and you can come into the clerk's office from nine to five. On to the next election. So that will be held on November 7th. So we're gonna be basically running two elections at the same time, okay? Um, so this election will be at the Franklin High School and it will be from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Vote by mail and uh, in-person early voting is also an option for this election. In-person early voting will be done during regular business hours at the town hall in my office. And I will be doing extended hours. I will open on a Saturday, Saturday, October 28th, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. for anybody that wants to come in and vote for the November election, the town election. Um, and that is the last day to register to vote um, between 9 and 5, the 28th, again, in my office. Now, I want to stress to people, as I said, we're going to be running two elections at the same time. What does that mean? Two different ballots are going to be mailed out, basically around the same time. I'm going to try and hold off a couple of days. Um, I'll get the tri-county ballots out first. I'm going to try and hold off for a couple of days before I mail out the town ballots. Those envelopes are going to be clearly marked. I got big red stick um, stamps for the town election. I'm going to be stamping the envelopes, town election. The tri-county election will be a green stamp, okay? Clearly marked, it's your responsibility. Make sure that you put the correct ballot in the correct envelope. If you don't, your vote doesn't count. I will have to reject it. I don't wanna reject anybody's vote, okay? And if you don't sign the envelope, again, I have to reject it. Okay, um, if the ballot comes back and it's not signed, I know who you are, I'll make an attempt to contact you to come in, sign the ballot um, envelope. 
um, send you a letter. If I can't contact you by phone, I will make an effort. Um, and I may even, if I have time, mail you out another ballot with a letter. But these envelopes will be clearly marked, so please make sure you put the ballots in the right envelopes. Um, that's it. Thank you all very much. And I will be back um, once the ballots come in and um, just to inform you on what's going on with these elections. Thank you very much, all of you. As always, thank you, Nancy. Is there anyone else in council chambers that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? Seeing none, is there anyone out there in Zoom land that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? Still seeing Amy? Okay, moving on. Next item on the agenda is approval of minutes. I'd entertain a motion to approve the minutes from August 16th, 2023. So moved. Second. Motion and second. Discussion. Additions, deletions. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion passes. Proclamations and recognitions. We have none this evening. We do have a few appointments. Uh, first appointment is Council on Aging. Uh, Colette Ferguson, clerk, will read the appointment. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is an appointment to the Council on Aging for Colette Ferguson of uh, 41 Prospect Street, Franklin, Mass. 02038. The town Administrator has appointed a subject to Town Council ratification, Colette Ferguson, to serve as a member of the Council on Aging with the uh, term to expire on June 30, 2026. <coughs> Uh, this is a motion to ratify the appointment by the town administrator of Colette Ferguson to serve as a member of the Council on Aging. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion, Jamie. Uh, through Mr. Chairman, uh, the Council on Aging took this issue up and has recommended uh, Colette, who is no stranger to volunteering in the town of Franklin. So um, we, hope, uh, we hope you'll endorse this, uh, this nomination. Thank you, Jamie. Questions or comments from the Council? Just thank you. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for stepping forward and volunteering, Colette. Okay, the vote will come on the motion. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Second appointment this evening is Finance Committee, Heather Sansusi. Clerk will read the appointment. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is an appointment to the Finance Committee of Heather Sansusi of 1 Dartmouth Road, Franklin, Mass. 02038. The town administrator has appointed subject to town council ratification. Heather Sansusi to serve as a member of the Finance Committee with the term to expire on June 30th, 2025. This is a motion to ratify the appointment by the town administrator of Heather Sansusi to serve as a member of the Finance Committee. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion. Jamie. Same as comments as before, and I would just point out Heather was the uh, only participant in the last couple finance committee meetings. So. <laughs> George Conley always says, you're on the you're Zoom. George Conley says nobody shows up, but one person showed up. So um, give her the appointment. And welcome to the big leagues. <laughs> Let's squeeze you in right now. Now you have to show up. Then you can fix the budget. I'll fix it. <laughs> Uh, questions or comments from the council? 
Councillor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Heather, thank you for stepping up and oh. helping out. It means a lot. And volunteerism is definitely one of the biggest challenges that we have here in town, and it seems to be getting worse. A good example, for instance, is as, as Nancy pointed out before this election coming up, there's only 10 people running for 19 in the council. Seven people running for school. There's only 17. So, uh, you know, I'm sorry. One for two on board of health. Yeah, one for two. So, so volunteerism is, is, is weak. People stepping up like yourself is much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Jones. Any other questions or comments? Councillor Cormier Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I just want to uh, wholeheartedly endorse this particular candidate. Uh, she's someone that's personally known to me, but also um, I have watched her very passionately advocate for the proper funding, ask tons of questions at meetings over the years, and I'm excited to see what she can do on the Finance Committee. So thank you, Heather. Thank you, <coughs> Any other counselors? <laughs> Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to appoint Heather Sansusi to the Finance Committee. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Welcome aboard, Heather. <laughs> uh, next appointment is Municipal Affordable Housing Trust, Kimberly Muchow. Clerk will read the appointment. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is an appointment to the Municipal Affordable Housing Trust for Kimberly Muchow, 4 Briarwood Road, Franklin, Mass. 02038. The town administrator has appointed, subject to town council right application, Kimberly Muchow. Muchow to serve as a member of the Municipal Affordable Housing Trust with a term to expire on June 30th, 2024. This is a motion to ratify the appointment by the town administrator for Kimberly Muchow to serve as a member of the Municipal Affordable Housing Trust. Second. Motion and second. Discussion. Jamie. Same as before, Mr. Chairman. <laughs> no stranger to volunteering in town. She's been doing a great job for many years and we're happy to have her on the Affordable Housing Trust. Great. Thank you, Jamie. Questions or comments from the council? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Folks, thank you very much for stepping forward and volunteering of your time. It's certainly very much appreciated by this party. So, moving on. Uh, public hearings, we don't have any this evening. No license transactions. Presentations and discussions, we have three items. First item is a presentation from the Franklin Elks Riders donation to the Veterans Services Department. Jamie, you wanna do the lead-in? All right. I think Shannon's gonna. Shannon's gonna. Shannon, oh. Deborah, is Deborah? Yeah. Please. Oh, sorry, the post, Deborah. Come right forward. Thanks, Shannon. <laughs> Chairman Mercer and town councilors, um, I'd first like to invite Rich and Dee Gately from the uh, Elks Riders and the whole group to please come forward. Thank you. Uh, good evening, Mr. Chairman and Council. Uh, we're back again, and uh, we had a very successful uh, ride again this year. Um, and every time we come up, I bring a couple of different people with us. Yeah. And, and 
we, we have been lucky where since 2020 with COVID we started and we're up to now 32 members and it makes it easy to raise funds. So um, we would once again like to offer uh, to the Veterans Gift Fund, $1,000. Great. Deborah and I want to thank the Elks Riders um, from the bottom of our hearts for your steadfast and generous support of our Franklin veterans and their families. You always show up for our veterans and we could not fulfill our mission without you. We are so fortunate that your organization recognizes the sacrifices and bravery of our veterans and strives to ensure that they are always taken care of. You exemplify volunteerism and dedication to your community. Thank you for all that you do. presentation for the Franklin Elks bingo donation to the Veterans Service Department. And please. Chairman Mercer, I'd like to introduce Mark Ellis and Maureen Jocelyn. Chairman and Town Council, how are you? Good to see you, Mark. It's good to be here. They always pick me to make these presentations. I don't know why, but as long as you know, the Elks, we try and do a lot for the community. Uh, one of our biggest ones, the Elks riders were just here, is our veterans. If you ever come by, come by the lodge, we have a stone right out in front of our lodge. It says, as long as there are veterans, the Benevolent Protective Order envelops them and forget them. And we never will. So tonight, we're here on behalf of our members and our officers. But I'd specifically like to thank the 25 people that work bingo, where I have to go back to after I make this presentation, <laughs> every Wednesday night to, so we can do donations like this. And it gives me great pleasure to present to the town of Franklin, but on for the, uh, the Franklin Veterans Gift Fund, and also present a check to Shannon in the amount of, let me get the big check. <laughs> you don't get to keep this one. the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have, Chuck. Wow. Thank you, Mark. Thank you to the Franklin Lodge of Elks. And uh, because this is part of our... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, no, Chairman Mercer. I, I do want to um, express our deepest gratitude to um, the Franklin Elks Club Bingo for this incredibly generous donation. They have provided continual support to our veterans year after year, and this support is crucial to our mission. We will judiciously use all the funds received tonight to positively impact the lives and well-being of our veterans in greatest need. We are the home of the free because of the brave, and the Franklin Elks Club always remembers this. 
to the Franklin Elks Bingo and the Franklin Elks Riders. Thank you for your incredible generosity and community leadership. While the, while the members of the Elks are still here, uh, with the council's indulgence, I'll jump out of order here and take the legislation for action. Uh, and we'll do uh, resolution 23-53, gift acceptance, Veterans Services Department. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is resolution 23-53, acceptance of gifts for the Veterans Services Department. Whereas the Veterans Services Department has received a very generous donation in the amount of $11,000 to be used at the discretion of the department for programs and services as follows. Donation summary, Veterans Services Department, one Veterans Gift Fund, $11,000 to be used in support of local veterans and their families. $10,000 donated by Franklin Elks Bingo, $1,000 donated by the Franklin Elks Writers. Total, do total donation amount, $11,000. Now, therefore be resolved that the Town Council of the Town of Franklin, on behalf of the Veterans Services Department, gratefully accepts these generous donations to be used at the discretion of the Department as described above. This resolution should become effective according to the provisions of the Town of Franklin Home Rule Charter. Move Resolution 23-53. Second. Motion and second. Discussion, Jamie? Thank All you, set. Man. Questions or comments from the Council? Councillor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. As a, as, as a, I was an elk for 14 years, and this is not one shock at all to me about the benevolence of this organization. I just, from my heart, thank you so much, both for the elks and for the veterans, which is a huge donation because I'm a huge supporter of the veterans as well. Thank you so much. <coughs> thank you, Councillor Jones. Councillor DeLorco. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Through you, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to, uh, uh, along with Mercer, I believe we're both Franklin Elks, so I would uh, I would like to uh, thank my brother Elks and uh, for the great work they do all year long. Thank you so much. Thank you, Councillor Delaco. Any other councillors? And I would just say, as a life member of the Franklin Lodge of Elks, uh, and I just appreciate all you do for the community and for our veterans. We can't thank you enough. We see you all the time, Mark. And we thank you every time you come. And the Elks Riders, thank you so much. All in favor signify by saying aye. Okay. Discussion. Town Council goals update. <laughs> Mr. Town Administrator. Um, hopefully they speak for themselves. Uh, but just for the folks at home, if you go uh, franklinma.gov, if you go to the town calendar, uh, go to tonight's agenda, the packet is a maybe five, six page document. Um, five pages on uh, the goals uh, that the council and town administration set. Um, I guess almost like 19 months ago. Um, feels like 20, 38 months ago, but um, it was a year and a half ago. Um, Time flies when you have fun. Yeah, and as you can see on this list, Mr. Chairman, we have a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's there uh, for people to read. I'm not going to rehash it uh, all in its entirety. 
Um, but ultimately, the message to the community is um, almost all of these goals actually get completed. Um, and there were a few in there um, that uh, the community is still working on. Um, and some of these issues do, as people know, transcend legislative sessions. You can't always get everything crammed in because once the election happens in, a few, in another month, um, then the entire uh, session basically starts over. Uh, so anything that's pending essentially dies um, and goes before itself. So, uh, as I look at this list, Mr. Chairman, I just can't um, say enough about the entire uh, town staff um, and their incredible dedication and work ethic. And obviously, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank all of you on the council, the school committee, the planning board, board of health, board of assessors, all of our volunteer committees, uh, the finance committee. Um, this is really, truly a, a major team effort. Um, we can't do all of this without one another. Um, and in the community, hopefully, people look at here and believe that achievement of the, um, if not all of these goals, um, uh, that all of them have had a lot of attention over the last couple of years for a couple that we're still working on, namely some zoning bylaws, um, but there's been millions of dollars in investment in infrastructure, um, there's been a lot of uh, open space purchases, community preservation projects, and that can get on the list, um, the AAA bond rating for the first time over the last two years. Um, you know, we've had uh, sterling audits, financial audits, uh, for the last couple of years. Um, I don't want to bore everybody, but um, I hope everybody's proud of the work that they put into this. Um, we have an exceptional team and really, quite frankly, second to none, as many of you who work with MMA and do other communities and look at other communities. Um, Councilor Peter Padula, I think I end this way every year. Um, you know, other communities across the Commonwealth, virtually everyone em try to emulate what the town of Franklin does. Um, and this list, I hope, showcases um, a difference between Franklin and everywhere else, which is um, we all work together. Um, we may not always agree on every issue all the time, um, but as our new deputy town administrator and many elders who work in their associations can attest to, um, not every community works well together. Uh, but this community, with all of you and all of the staff, work very collaboratively together, I think, I hope that the quality of life in this community um, has improved over the last two years from the achievement of these goals. So happy to obviously answer any questions anybody has on each one of these. I know there's a few of them that I've noted will be presentations. Still three more meetings. So there's still, <laughs> still a little bit to be done here. There's still a couple more EDC meetings. We're not giving up yet. We're not giving up yet. Um, you know, there's a few things in here in bylaws, uh, also a couple presentations that we scheduled for the last few meetings uh, of the session. Um, and so that will show uh, that every goal on this list would be either achieved um, and completed or um, will have its due time uh, in the next couple months. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. And just so uh, our audience understands what these goals are, how we set these goals, uh, we have an annual or a biannual election. After that election in November, in January, the sitting council then puts together a goal, has goal setting sessions where we put together the goals that we look to, uh, that we would like to accomplish over the two year uh, period that uh, we were elected for. Then halfway through January of the next year, we sit again and we look at those and we see if we need to make any adjustments or uh, if we want to add to them. 
And that's how the gold session does so, uh, how it happens. So again, come January of 2024, the sitting council will then sit down, put together goals that they'd like to accomplish or we'd like to accomplish in the next two years. So that's how they go, that's how they're put together. Uh, so at this point, I'd look to the council. Any questions or comments? Councilor Jones. You wouldn't guess any less, right? I would not. <clears throat> so thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, uh, through you to the town administration as well as to the town council, as I look upon these goals, the one wish I do I wish I had was instead of these being red, they were green. This is just so many. Panther blue. There are just so look at that. That works. There are just so many things on this list of goals that have been completed. And they've been completed not only in a timely fashion, but in an efficient fashion. And what this is a in my opinion, what this is a true reflection of is the the, the hard work that both the town administrator and his administration have put into making these goals come to fruition, but also the forward thinking progressive ideas and and, and goal settings that the town council has made. I mean, we are just as much a part of these goals being a success as much as we are putting them on a list to, for, for the future. Um, looking at this list and so many things that have been accomplished, it's just remarkable to me um, how, how awesome, how awesome this is. I really have nothing more to say than that. But I am looking, I am, I am looking forward to doing Jamie's review in the, in the spring, I'm sorry, in January, uh, because these goals are directly reflective of that as well. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Jones. Councillor Cormier-Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I just want to uh, echo the sentiments of the other counselors to, to Jamie and to your entire administration. Thank you. Um, in an age when many, many people look to television and see what's happening in Washington and happening all across the country, happening at local boards, they get disgusted with government. They get disgusted with leadership. They get all, all we see is problem after problem after problem. But this list shows that things can get done. People can work together. People can disagree and still move things forward and make a community better, make a community stronger. And we're very lucky to have this list. And I hope that everybody really appreciates it. So thank you. Thank you, Councilor Colonial Edger. Councilor Chandler. For you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I know everyone has a lot of words for this list, but. The one that came to me was, I think we're all very proud of this list. You know, everyone's very proud that you, what you were able to accomplish, we were able to accomplish. But um, one thing I just wanted to bring up, I mean, we did get, what, six and a half million in federal stimulus money, Jamie? Dude, more than that. More than that, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, we were a little lucky. We were able to do a lot more than yeah. what might be coming up on our next goal session. With that money, I, actually, how much is left for our next round? Mr. Chairman, this is actually probably this. This we've probably spent seven and a half million so yeah. far. Um, oh, okay. We got about one point three million left in ARPA County obligations um, that we just talked to the DPW and the police chief about um, just actually this past week. Um, those applications have to go into the county probably by the beginning of the year. Um, and um, as with all the other projects, they're projects that are designed, to your point, Council Chandler, to essentially offset 
um, tr truly taxing reasons, right? Water rates, sewer rates, all these other issues. I mean, this work all is getting done without having to raise rates, which is really important. It's helping to stabilize those rates, which is really key. Um, and including the mental health clinician, which now today we um, have a second person. Oh, you already know. Uh, <laughs> how'd you find that out? No. Um, and, um, and then there's a, there's a little bit left, um, not much uh, in the ARPA municipal category. Um, but to your point, all money has to be obligated and contracted a year from now. Right. And then you can spend the money through 2026, but by this time next year, we're already going to have it obligated and contracted out for stormwater, uh, water, sewer, and the other projects that um, we've talked about in the past. So, um, Councilor Chandler is correct, and we've talked about this in the Joint Budget Subcommittee. Um, for both the school and the town, um, all the federal stimulus money will essentially be dried up within the next year. Um, and so, yeah, you're correct. Um, this will not be on next year's goal list because there won't be anything left. Well, lastly, I'm sure you'll squeeze every penny out of that million and a half and use it yeah. for very important things like this. So, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank, thank you, you Councilor Chandler. Any other councilors? Councilor Hamlin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Through the chair, um, <clears throat> just I just I really don't have any questions, but I just uh, this is. I think the town administrator knows this is kind of like my favorite time of the year when we actually get to sit back and look at what we've done. Um, because I kind of just put my head down and I go, 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 go. Uh, and I push, I feel like I push the town administration team. I push the town staff. Uh, maybe a little bit too much, but um, it's amazing what we can achieve. It's just, I, I, I always get really excited about this, 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 this sheet. Um, I think there's one thing that people <clears throat> would should really take pay attention to, and that's that uh, Brian Taberner he got a grant from the EPA to get to work on that new style pro problem and uh, property, and um, that's like a really big thing because that's been like an albatross around our necks, and, and that was um, really great. So I'm always glad that I push all the time. <laughs> I guess I guess, but. Um, but thank you all for all your work, hard work, and it, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councilor Hamlin. Councilor Frontier. I uh, share in the uh, gratitude uh, for my colleagues for town administration um, and, and pride for, for how much we've uh, been able to accomplish. I mean, there's some really uh, big deals on here. I don't want to confuse that pride for complacency. Uh, so I'm going to uh, <laughs> take, <laughs> take the opportunity to just point out some things that uh, I'm going to be keeping my eye on, you know, in terms of, of um, continued follow-through, right? Because we've gotten a, a lot of these started, uh, but there's still a lot more to go and follow-through. Certainly, uh, both the Franklin for All and Housing Production Plan recommendations, there's still uh, more to be done uh, on that front in general. And we go out and we use these reports and studies, one of which we're about to approve to today, that take a long time, and we don't want to let them just shit on, uh, sit on a, a shelf, um, uh, in making sure that we're still going through um, and following through on all those important recommendations. Uh, the, the complete streets, uh, you know, we, we added language that said uh, we want to implement complete streets uh, grants and otherwise expand uh, pedestrian and biking trails. And so uh, still looking for opportunities um, that as we design, you know, especially as we, you know, revisit um, 
current streets, as we maintain current streets, are there opportunities to expand walk uh, and, and bikeability, uh, particularly of our downtown. Uh, trail maintenance plan, it's great that we've uh, now uh, put some ideas toward how we are gonna uh, maintain trails. Now we actually have to go out uh, and do those, and I uh, look forward to that work. Uh, the solid waste master plan, I think that's gonna be uh, a really important thing. I know that we've been waiting uh, for this land swap, so I look forward to seeing what that solid waste master plan looks like, uh, and particularly if we can incorporate composting uh, into that. Uh, and the final one is, is that net zero uh, plan, right? So we, we added language that so we want to you know, make sure that Franklin is planning out how uh, we're going to be able to do our part in meeting the state goals of net zero uh, emissions by 2050. Um, this is not uh, you know, just for, for moral grandstanding, um, but rather this is the direction that the state's going uh, and we get to save uh, our residents uh, money in the long run um, if we can be proactive about, about planning uh, how we meet those goals. So those are the things that are still on my plate uh, to look for. Don't let that take away from how proud I am of how much uh, we did get done uh, in the past two years. Thank you, Councilor Frangillo. Councilor DeLarco. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I just want to echo everybody else's um, comments and, you know, I just want to thank the staff and, and my fellow councilors for, you know, when this comes out, you do so much stuff in two years that you don't realize you're doing all that stuff. And sometimes you sit back and say, Jesus, have we done anything? You know, sometimes you sit back and you say that. And uh, so when this comes out, it makes you feel good. You know that we're working really hard. And a lot of that has to do with uh, Jamie and the, and the staff at Franklin. So I, I do want to thank them because they get everything ready for us to okay everything and all the work that my fellow councils have done over the last three years. I, I appreciate that too. So thank you, thanks everybody. Thank you, Councilor Delaco. Any other counselors? Anyone in the audience, any questions? Anyone in Zoom land? And I think the only thing I'd add, and I won't reiterate what everybody has already said beyond, I think the word that Councilor Chandler used of being proud of what we've been able to accomplish over the last two years is the exact word that we should be using this evening. Because there were so many things. Uh, I know when we first looked uh, at the goals that we presented uh, two years ago, uh, we looked, at, I know we talked to councils and individuals and said, how are we going to get that yeah. in those two years? But thanks to the, the administration, our department heads, and the entire community, uh, we just can't thank you enough. And I think it would behoove every member of the community. Go on the website. Pull up those goals that we set. And look at them and see what's been accomplished by your sitting town council as well as your administration and department heads. It is very impressive. And I want to thank everybody for all they have done to get us to this point. Jimmy, anything to add? Okay, moving on. Legislation for action. Uh, resolution 23-54. Ambulance Transfer and Appropriation 
clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is resolution 23-54, FY24, ambulance transfer and appropriation. The appropriation uh, is for fiscal year 24, ambulance transfer and appropriation. Total amount requested, $406,223. The purpose is to transfer and appropriate funds from ambulance receipts reserved for appropriation fund in order to purchase an ambulance for the fire department. <clears throat> ambulance for the fire department receipts reserved for appropriating the uh, ambulance fund in the total amount $406,223. The motion be moved and voted by the town council that the sum of $406,223 uh, be transferred from the receipts reserved for appropriation ambulance fund and be appropriated to fund the purchase of an ambulance in accordance with Mass General Law Chapter 40, Section 5F, uh, this resolution should become effective according to provisions of the Town of Franklin Home Charter. Move resolution 23-54. Second. Motion and second. Discussion, Jamie? Uh, through you, Chairman, uh, through you to the Council, I know the Fire Chief uh, is over with us. Um, this is basically a, a vehicle that's already been on order. Um, this is just mm -hmm. the financial manager transferring the money in the right place. Uh, I won't go into a long, um, long speech on it, but um, as everybody knows, costs are going up. Um, your vehicle was ordered, um, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, the vendor is trying to say that the cost of the, the, the um, apparatus is going to be a little more expensive. Um, and while we want to debate whether the contract and whatever's in place, my personal opinion is we can't play games with this stuff. Um, whether we're right and they're wrong or whether we want to deal with it, the reality is if we make this vote tonight, that cost increase will not be seen on the final bill of the ambulance. And as I noted in here, um, the most jarring thing that the chief has recently told me about the urgency of this is uh, if, if we were to order a vehicle today, it would be 34 months. Um, and whenever someone tells me that, I tack on another third or some other more months because everybody that's telling you something's going to show up, it does not show up. Um, as illustrated again today by the fact that we got a message from the state MassDOT on our van uh, for the senior center. It was supposed to be delivered next June, but now it's August. Um, and so that's, it. that's next August. That's if everything goes right, which it won't. <laughs> and so it'll be next October, right? And so I am a little concerned, which is why we're here tonight, Mr. Chairman, for the urgency. The revenues have been raised. This is not a new expenditure. It's not a new vehicle. It's already in place. It's just us making the fiscal transaction to allow the chief to go back to the vendor and say, we're all set. We don't need the cost increase. Let's get the vehicle here as fast as possible. Um, and I just want to offer the fire chief, obviously, a minute, if you would, Mr. Chairman, just to add on to anything I might have just, uh, I might have missed. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, I as well, because I think it would be important for the community to understand uh, that may not have been listening when we right. appropriated this and ordered this, that uh, you explain what it's being used for. So thank you, Mr. Chairman, members of the council. A year ago, last September, we penciled our, uh, our name to that vehicle with no obligation whatsoever. And at that time, they told us the truck would be ready in about 18 months. One year later, now in September, uh, that truck will be ready in about 22 months. So the truck would be available to us in July of 24, which would replace a truck that we currently put in service in June of 21. So that'll be three years old and it'll have 90, uh, 90 approximately 90,000 miles. They do about 30,000 miles a year, mm -hmm. which is perfect. Every three years we like to do that rotation with the front line trucks. 
Um, with that, now we're, if this is passed, we're allowed to go on the contract with that vendor. Um, I'm so glad we did that back in September because at that point they told us 18 months. Now uh, I actually found out it's up to three and a half to four years to get a truck. So the vendor is saying, if you don't want that truck, we've got a long line of departments that'll take this truck. So I'm glad we were allowed to do that last September, and I'm glad we put us in a real good position now that we'll be able to get that truck in July, that will replace a three-year-old truck, and it's right as we've planned. So it's actually gonna work out perfect if uh, everything goes okay tonight. Thank you, Chief. Okay. Questions or comments from the council? <clears throat> Councilor DeLarco. Thank you, through you, Mr. Chairman. Um, yeah, I, I just ordered a, a vehicle, and I'm, I'm three years out. And I just want to inform everybody, if the unions go, go more go on strike, we're not going to get that vehicle either for a long, you know, for a long time. So it's very important that we that we get this at least signed and delivered because we don't know what the future is bringing with the uh, contracts. That so, Thank you, Councilor DeLarco. Councilor Jones. Thanks, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Chair, three, Mr. Chairman, to the Chief. Are there any? Um, Additional staffing and or training necessary to accommodate this new ambulance. It was just pretty any more staffing through the chair. Any more staffing or training. training? No, that will be a frontline truck. But I will add that next week will be the first time that we'll be able to put that third ambulance in service during peak hours uh, during the business week. Will be uh, uh, four new recruits are just finishing up week two of orientation. Up to this point, we've had opportunities. We we have put that truck on the road already because we have the extra personnel during the day. And we feel that start next week, we're going to have uh, provide that extra layer of protection to the community with that third ambulance and service during the weekdays, which we're really looking forward to. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you, Councilor Jones. Any other questions or comments from the council? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 23-54. A majority vote required. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Resolution 23-55, authorizing the placement of a debt exclusion ballot question relating to the town's allocable share of debt service on debt of the Tri-County Regional Vocational Technical School District on the ballot for the town election to be held on November 11, 2023. <laughs> Seven. 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 Uh, 23-55, authorizing the placement of a debt exclusion ballot question related to the town's allocable share of debt service on debt of Tri-County Regional Vocational Technical School District on the ballot for the town election to be held on November 7, 2023. Whereas Tri-County Regional Vocational Technical School District, now hereon known as the district, well, uh, has called a district-wide election to be held on October 24th, 2023 to consider the approval of debt of the district in the principal amount of $285,992,692 to 
to pay costs of designing, constructing, and equipment a new district high school, known as the project, in accordance with the agreement among the district's member cities and towns establishing the district. The district agreement uh, and general law chapter 71 subsection 16 n and whereas by vote a massachusetts school building authority known as the msba on august 30th 2023 the district was awarded a school construction grant to pay eligible costs of the project in a maximum amount of 82 million seven hundred thirty thousand seven hundred seventy seven seven hundred seventy seven dollars with a grant will reduce the total amount of the debt to be issued by the district to pay costs of the project by such amount. And whereas in the event that the proposed debt of the district is approved, the town's allocable share of debt service in each year to pay costs of the project will likely have a significant impact on the town's annual operating budget. Now, therefore, be it ordered by the town council of the town of Franklin that the town, pursuant to general law chapter 59, subsection 21 CK, shall seek vote approval at the election on November 7th, 2023 to assess taxes in the excess of the amount allowed pursuant to Mass General Law 59, subsection 21C for the payment of the town's allocable share of the principal interest on bonds or notes issued by Tri-County Regional Vocational Technical School District to pay costs of designing, constructing, and equipment a new high school to be located at 147 Pond Street in Franklin including the payment of all costs incidental and related thereto and that the end town clerk is there hereby directed to place uh, the following question on the ballot shall the town of franklin be allowed to exempt from the provisions of proposition two and one half so-called the amounts required to pay the town's allocable share of the bonds issued by tri-county regional vocational technical school district to pay costs of designing constructing and equipment a new high school at to be located at 147 pond street in franklin including the payment of all costs incidental and related thereto this resolution to become effective according to the provisions of the town of franklin home rule charter you okay <laughs> Move resolution 23-55 second job motion and a second discussion jamie is party the discussion would you just yeah. Make sure people understand this is different than what our town clerk spoke about earlier. Spoke about it pretty eloquently. Yeah. I, don't, I, 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 mean, I mean, I think for folks that have been paying attention a little bit, especially I'm sure the Tri-County, larger Tri-County community is aware of this. Um, on uh, late August, a few weeks ago, the State Mass School Building Authority did approve um, the Tri-County project. Um, about 90 million of the full cost will be paid for by the state, which is pretty good. Um, and uh, and so uh, in October on the election that the town clerk just mentioned will be the district-wide authorization of the project. And that vote is simply saying <coughs> we want it, okay? Um, but each individual community thereafter has to finance the project um, themselves. And obviously the 11 communities, um, there's a lot of different strategies, um, and some will do that. Some communities will do what we're doing and try to jump on and, and do it right away. Some communities will wait four years. Some will deal with it in between. Um, some will deal with it in the excess levy they may have. Some will deal with it in a myriad of ways. And I think a lot of communities are still strategizing with their boards on what to do. Um, being the host community essentially of Tri County, 
where we're also the second largest um, driver of the student population there. Um, in addition, I, I would mention, um, you know, if you build it, they will come. You know, um, we have a lot of tri-county apprenticeships between the school and a lot of our um, larger businesses in the industrial parks. Um, in a lot of, in a long way, this is kind of almost like an economic development project to some degree. Um, and everybody's aware of the need for more trades um, in our culture to build housing and projects and construction, um, engineering, the whole bit. Um, and so from the financial perspective, really quickly, um, what is this gonna cost? Uh, it's a 30-year borrowing, essentially, over um, uh, 30 years. At estimated 4%. We're hopeful that will come in lower. Um, we're hearing from the finance team that interest rates have stabilized and that maybe um, the good bond ratings of the communities may actually get a, a better rate. But, you know, as all of you know, you estimate a little higher to be more conservative to make sure the public is aware of the cost. Um, you know, for the average voter at home, what does this mean, right? How much does this cost? If your house is appraised at a half a million dollars, um, uh, the cost on average is about $148 per household um, to pay for this project. Uh, a year. A year. Uh, a year. Um, and people have asked me a lot of questions recently. Um, so does the assessment go up and down? It can. Um, as you know, Mr. Chairman, many, there's an arc to this story where the payments will be a little higher and then it'll come down uh, in the long run. But also note, the assessment changes every year uh, or could change every year depending on the enrollment. Now Franklin's portion of the enrollment has been very stable over the years. So I don't actually expect uh, an immediate uh, decrease or a huge increase. Um, but you know, it's 30 years. Uh, I don't know how many other of us will be around then, but at the end of this, you know, you could see a different dynamic in the world in the economy, I don't know. Uh, but I've gotten that question, and maybe I think a lot of you have gotten that question a lot recently. <coughs> so the payments can go a little up, a little down, depending on the enrollment. And the enrollment's based off the October 1st enrollment deadline each year, which is tradition in, in all school districts, uh, including FPA. So, um, this will be on November 7th, um, and I would defer to the town clerk uh, about exactly how the mechanics of the ballot uh, space would work uh, if anybody has any questions on that. I think the other piece I, I think it would be important for you to explain is I'm sure there's somebody out there that's saying, wait a minute, are we putting the cart before the horse here? Uh, because the vote hasn't happened to build the school yet. Yes. Why are we voting the financing of it <coughs> to put that on the ballot now? So maybe you could explain that so that uh, our listening audience would uh, understand why we're doing that. Why the town attorney? No. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's just like the question. <laughs> so he's going to get the finance book. Yeah. But in short, um, there's two. There's two real reasons. One. The debt exclusion honors whether the vote were to happen on the school and be approved in October or whether it came back and got approved in the spring. Um, the debt exclusion, and if it was approved at the ballot on November 7th, would stay in perpetuity um, until, until that project got approved. And I mean, I mean just being honest and real, uh, the building is, is needed very badly. It is literally crumbling. So even if the ballot vote were to be approved by the district um, this October, I suspect that they'll come back at another time um, to make sure that they get that. Um, we can't sneeze at 90 million bucks from the state. Um, and so that ballot, that debt exclusion um, carries. 
Also, the real the second reason is um, the community is engaged right now, and we tried to work with the state from a customer service perspective. You know, people are really paying attention in the public to this. You know, why wait three years to, to deal with this issue? As articulated on October 2nd at the Joint Budget Subcommittee meeting, if a debt exclusion does not pass, the town portion we still have to pay for. So if you don't raise the revenue to pay for the project, then that means on an annual basis of about 2.1 million will be spent out of the town budget to pay for the project, which will obviously mean far fewer dollars that will be able to go to the public school district or other municipal services. So um, I hope I answered the question. Thank you. Uh, and the other piece, just so that everybody understands, is if the school didn't pass and the funding did pass, that funding can be used for nothing but building Tri-County uh, a new school. That money, no matter what, could never be used for anything else. And I just want to make sure that everybody understands that. So questions or comments from the council? Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Chairman, to you, the town administrator, just a uh, point of clarification on just a couple of things I've answered my head. One, um, how does this have any effect, or if it has any effect at all? And I, I know the answer, but I just want clarification. Sure. 3% uh, that we, uh, we kind of allocate out of our budget towards capital um, projects and stuff, Will this have or any kind of effect or have anything to do with that 3% that, that we put, that kind of margin between 0 and 3% for our capital investments? Mr. Chairman, it doesn't have any direct impact, but as we just discussed a moment ago, I think to the question, um, it preserves, it preserves, you know, if, if this doesn't get approved, then, you know, then some of that capital money may have to go to pay for the bond on this in three or four years. Mm -hmm. So it actually preserves the capital program. Um, I hope that answered your question. No, that, that does. So so in, in just another point of clarification, if the town of Franklin, the voters in the town of Franklin decide to say no against this, mm -hmm. but 50.1% of the rest of the towns, the communities, well, yes, we are obliged to pay. That's correct. Period. So this is us thinking forward. That's kind of one of the things that I wanted to make a point with this tonight, is this is us looking forward so that we're not putting ourselves in a hole that we may have a very difficult time to get our, ourselves out of. Um, with that being said, I am going to change it to a positive note for a minute and just and state that I am 100% favor of, of making improvements to Tri-County Vocational School. Uh, it is a great school, it's a great program, and we need to be looking into getting our children and our future children into the trades. Because by way of example, I brought it up before, I'll bring it up again. Uh, 10,000 electricians, I use my trade as an example. 10,000 electricians are retiring every year, and there's only on average 7,000 new apprentices coming up to replace us. That's a 30% deficit. The, the, the level of skilled labor is diminishing, and it's diminishing quite quickly. Um, and that's not just in the field of electricity, that's in, that's in carpentry, that's in auto body, that's in auto mechanics. That's in that's in labor and everywhere else, and that school is a, is a thousand percent supporter of those types of trades. And we should we my hope 
is that we start to look forward to pushing our next generation back into the trades, back into these fields. Because in all honesty, if we don't, it's basic economics. If, if there's more work than there are electricians, that just drives our prices up. Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's just gonna make an electrician that much more expensive, because it's just basically basic economics. And that's true for everything there. Your, your mechanics fixing your car is gonna go up, you know, and all that kind of, all those things have a trickle-down effect. And we have to keep pushing towards getting our kids into this line of, this line of work. Um, so that being said, Mr. Chairman, I, I am totally in support, and I think this is a great plan um, for us to try to tackle this problem. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councilor Jones. Councilor DeLarco. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Through you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I can't, uh, I agree totally with Councilor Jones. Obviously, I'm a tradesman myself. Um, as you say, I, I just, for clarification here, I have a job, I had a job up a couple weeks ago for a mechanics job at Massport, and I pay $100,000 a year without overtime. I got three applicants. 160, 155, and 152. <laughs> so that just goes to show you there's no young kids getting into this trade. And uh, you know, they could make 125 to $130,000 a year, and I get nobody that I can hire. So just to, that's why I'm in total favor of this. Uh, we need to get more kids out there. Kids can make a good living out there. Thank you, Councilor DeLocco. Councilor Columbia Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I just wanted to um, to show my complete support for the project for not only the ballot question that will be happening in October, but obviously the debt exclusion, which is just so needed. Um, I think people need to understand that a debt exclusion is for a specific project mm -hmm. over a certain amount of time, and it is very different than an override because a lot of people, especially online, there's been various things being said. There was something said in a local publication sort of equating the two, and they're really not the same thing. So I think the public needs to understand voting for this is for the Tri-County building. Eventually, as our town administrator has said, that debt sunsets when the, it is, the bond is paid off. Uh, if we somehow get ourselves to an override question down the road, that, if passed, lasts forever. So they're, they're very different things. Um, and just on a personal note, I am here today as the son of a graduate of a vocational technical school. So I would not be here, I would not have the life that I have if my dad hadn't been able to go to Cambridge Ridge as a kid and get the skill training that he needed to provide for our family. So I just wholeheartedly support this, this effort, so thank you. Thank you, Councilor Cormier Ledger. Any other councilors? Seeing none, then, the vote will come on the motion to approve Resolution 23-55, a two-thirds majority votes required. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Resolution 23-56, a resolution adopting the Town of Franklin 2023 Open Space and Recreation Plan. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. <clears throat> this is Resolution 23-56, a resolution adopting the Town of Franklin 2023 Open Space and Recreation Plan, whereas during the 2023 
during 2023, the town of Franklin began the process of updating the 2016 Open Space and Recreation Plan at OSRP in a proactive approach to maintain and enhance all the benefits to open space and make up much of the character of the community and protect our green infrastructure, such as our water supply, land, working farms, and forests, wildlife habitats, parks, recreation, trails, greenways, and whereas the town of Franklin's Conservation Commission with support of the Conservation Agent, Department of Planning and Community Development, Department of Recreation has prepared the Town of Franklin 2023 Open Space and Recreation Plan. And whereas the Town of Franklin 2023 Open Space and Recreation Plan was developed using a substantial public process over the, over the course of 10 months through monthly uh, focus groups, three public hearings, as well as community vision survey, allowing input from the Town of Franklin departments and officials, public agencies, and town residents. And whereas the Town of Franklin 2023 Open Space and Recreation Plan contains open space and recreation plan goals and implementation strategies developed within the public process and whereas the duly noticed uh, public hearings were held uh, by the town of franklin conservation commission on february 21st 2023 april 25th 2023 and june 20th 2023 to present the documents findings goals and strategies and obtain public input and, and whereas having an authorized and current osrp is required to apply and receive state funding programs Related to open space and recreation, and whereas the Town of Franklin authorizes responsible departments and or agencies to execute their responsibility demonstrated in the plan. Whereas the Town of Franklin operates a city form of government as provided in the Homo Charter, and the Town Council has the authority as the City Council as specified therein. Now, therefore, be resolved that the Town Council of Town of Franklin adopts the Town of Franklin 2023 Open Space and Recreation Plan and authorizes the Town of Franklin's Town Administrator to submit the document to the Massachusetts Executive Office of Energy and Environmental Affairs, EOEEA, Division of Conservation Services, DCS, for its approval and to take any and all other necessary actions. This resolution to become effective according to the visions of the Town of Franklin Home Charter. Move Resolution 23-56. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion. Jamie and friends. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, too. Um, no, just really quickly, I think we heard an update from uh, Bricolai earlier this year. Um, many of you have been very involved in the process. Um, I really hope everybody gets a chance to read. This is not snarky either. I hope everybody gets a chance to read the 348-page plan. Um, when we transferred the position to full-time, part-time um, this is exactly why this happened and Rikulai couldn't have been uh, a better uh, employee for the job uh, we're gracious for her efforts on all of this um, it looks better um, I'll hold up a copy of the, uh, the previous cover which was kind of you know just a couple pictures plopped on so we're making a lot of improvements in it and I know the pictures aren't just the whole words but um, it's really the substance in it um, this plan clearly takes Franklin to 2030 and beyond. Um, it's expensive, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's a really well thought out, uh, comprehensive and omnibus uh, document. Um, it says preliminary final up there, Brika's gonna mention this, just so everybody knows. Um, with an affirmative vote tonight, the plan goes to the state, um, and then the state has to approve it, just like the uh, housing production plan the council approved last year. So um, Brika has a short uh, presentation, and I'm sure there'll be sure. plenty of questions. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here. Um, okay, so just a quick recap on the open space and recreation plan. I'll be calling it OSRP. 
Um, so it really is a tool through which a community plans for the future of its conservation and rec resources. Really, it's a plan for plans, and it's a means to identify community-supported goals um, for open space and recreation. So it's a mass accumulation of public participation, stakeholder engagement, goals and objectives. It is a source of funding through state grant, state grant programs, and overall, I think it's just a great way to connect with residents about local conservation and rec issues. Um, so I won't get too much in the weeds with, <laughs> with our process, but we had um, yeah, uh, 20 um, themed focus. I don't even recognize when I make them anymore. <laughs> no, no offense to the weeds. No offense to the weeds. <laughs> so we had um, 20 themed focus group meetings with 100 plus identified stakeholder groups. I think we actually leveled out around 107 um, stakeholder groups that we identified and um, email blasted of which you, you all were a part of as well. Um, from January to May 2023, um, we did have public comments submitted through our questionnaire, um, the civic engagement process, um, the questionnaire itself was 30 questions, and it ran from February to April 2023. Um, then we had a month-long comment period on the draft plan, which um, incorporated the results of that citizen questionnaire that ran from June to July. Now we're at review letters. Um, so I am hopefully seeking a review letter or a vote um, from town council to be able to put in the plan prior to submittal from the state. Other review letters are from planning board, of which we already have. Um, DCR and MAPC, of which I'm both waiting on. Um, so there are placeholders within the document um, for those letters from DCR and MAP, MAPC. I'm hoping they won't have revisions. They may. I don't know if you'd like me to come back at that time, but we can discuss that later. I doubt it'll be any substantial changes, to be honest. Hoping that when the state get the state DCR agency gets the, the committee stick their comment letter in and they get it while they're reading it Perfect. by appendix F or whatever it is. Right. Um, so then next would be state submission and approval. Um, so overall, there were five main goals that were identified throughout the open space um, throughout the civic engagement process. First one, increase public awareness of open space and recreational opportunities. Um, second, promote, preserve, and enhance existing open space resources. Third, maximize recreational opportunities to meet the evolving needs of the community by maintaining typo, um, current inventory of facilities and programs and by providing new facilities and programs for both active and passive recreation. Fourth, protect natural, historical, and cultural resources and maintain a New England character and five, preserve and protect water resources. So lastly, I would just, <laughs> um, I really wanted to thank the town of Franklin. I know it may be blasphemous to admit that I do not live here, but <laughs> for a new hire um, coming here, being involved in the civic engagement process, while it's not about myself, I'm very honored and humbled to have been a part of this for all of you. Um, I learned a lot, not just about Franklin, but also from my, of myself by listening to all Franklinites. Um, I, I learned a lot about cricket that I never thought I would know. Um, you know, pickleball. Uh, there's, I, I 
had a blast looking at soil reports for Franklin. And fun fact, there's metavolcanic rock underneath our feet. You know, I, I never realized that East Coast had volcanic activity. I think that, that that's, I think that's really cool. But um, all the same, um, it, it definitely wouldn't have been possible without it being a communal effort, you know, to Jamie's point and the points that you made earlier about stitching the community together. Um, it really is, you know, the town administration, conservation commission, AGCOM, planning board, the senior center, DPW, um, all of you, rec department, um, the um, disability commission as well inadvertently left them off and, and everybody else that, that um, filled out the survey. So I think it's a great document. <laughs> Thank you very much. Questions from the council? Councilor Chen. <laughs> Through you, Mr. Chen. Um, can you go to the front page for a second? Yes. Because I have to agree with um, our town administrator. Look how peaceful that is. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, it made me want to read it. It really did. I mean, it was perfect. I really, it just caught my eye and it made me. And it's, you know, I did read all 348 pages. <laughs> so let me just talk about page 199 for a second. <laughs> On March 22nd at 1.54 p.m., you received an email from Councilor Frangillo. Yes. And he talked about connectivity you know, putting it all together, getting it all flowing. And I, that's like my main goal about this. That's what I love. So I didn't know if you could just speak to that or just say it's definitely one of your goals. Or so it is an identified goal um, objective anyways. So in section nine of the open space plan, um, it breaks out these five goals into a myriad of objectives. So I believe you can call it the Franklin Greenway colloquially. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, additional components to that or, or goals would be to increase um, bike lanes. That's another objective. Um, looking at how to increase connectivity through um, neighborhoods, which I know uh, Councillor Fungillo um, mentioned, but also DPW had already been looking at that. So that's a carryover from the 2016 plan. So. There are a handful in section nine that do speak to that. Um, and then I guess another objective, sorry, I'm trying to remember section nine as I'm speaking, but um, signage, signage is a big big thing. And that's something that has been talked about as well. I know if I may speak for a different um, committee, but with master plan process, I know we've talked about identifying where certain open space areas are even down at Town Commons, at the Town Commons. And um, just lastly, the other email I really thought was great was on a cross-country trail through Lake Schmidt's farm. Yeah. Yes. I thought yeah. that was a great email. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for all your hard work. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councilor Chairman. Any other? Councilor Sheriff. Yes, I want to thank you for hard, your hard work, too. And uh, I went to Delcott over the summer, and all the was very excited about the turtles. <laughs> the turtles. And I wonder if you could explain, about, last time I talked to Delcott, you planned around the different trees bloom at yeah. different times of year. Could you talk about that? Yeah, so we, um, unfortunately, we have one casualty. One uh, tulip poplar, coincidentally, has, has kicked it, so we'll need to replant that one. But um, we have 
different species of trees that we planted in the rec the like uh, just the open recreation area and they all have different bloom times they all have different wildlife and habitat value as well um, some are more geared to fall foliage um, than others so one that encompasses all of that is a service berry service berry so Coming spring, you'll see bright white flowers. Um, you'll, it'll attract a lot of pollinators, and then in the fall time, it'll actually turn bright red. So, is that what you were asking? Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for that. Thank you, Councilor Sheridan. Any other councilor? Councilor Frontello. Yeah. Thank you. I, it's been it's been said already. I, I try not to take too much time, like you know, just patting yourself on the, on the back for, for hard work uh, at the meeting. But I, I really want to make sure that we appreciate how much time went into uh, this plan. I mean, 20 uh, public hearings is just crazy. And it has, it's not only Freakly um, has just done incredible uh, since joining us, but these are conservation uh, commission members who didn't necessarily sign up uh, knowing that they'd be hosting uh, 20 public hearings and going through hundreds of sur uh, survey responses and um, boatloads of uh, emails um, and putting together a few hundred page documents. I mean, that's just an incredible amount of work and, and we're so lucky to have the volunteers uh, that we do uh, on the Conservation Commission. Um, I, it, one of my takeaways reading through this, just how annoying I was, like how many times, <laughs> how much I wrote uh, about this. Uh, I was very excited, and, and I still am. And, and as I said in my previous comments, I mean, the, the, the biggest duty uh, we have um, as a council is to make sure uh, that, that the hard work uh, doesn't go to waste, um, and that we really do uh, take a, a deep look at the recommendations, take a deep look at the uh, findings, and. Um, start implementing uh, some of the action plans. That's it, thank you. Thank you, Councilor Frangillo. Councilor Hamlin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, through the chair, um, I guess I don't have to say anything about Councilor Frangillo <laughs> always being at all the meetings and um, being a pain, but uh, I'm just joking. Uh, I was at a lot of those meetings too, and um, it was amazing all the time. I'm glad you mentioned the Conservation Commission, how much time everyone put into this. Uh, and it, it was really fun to hear what other people think and um, to get different ideas in a, in a group together like that about really fun stuff, like Schmidt's fun. Like, what should we do with it, right? It's really exciting. Um, and I want to thank you, Brikalai, for all of your work that you've done on this. We are, I feel like we're really lucky to have you with us, so thank you. Um, the I do have one question. The sustainability group from the master plan. We met on Monday and we talked a little bit about trees and forestation and forest management and maintenance. Um, and I know that you have something in the Maple the Maple Hill area, maybe some objective, a goal for that. I was wondering if you could just explain a little bit more about it for um, the sustainability geeks out there. Sure. <laughs> um. So for Maple Hill, but also really for all other conservation areas, um, it's, it's a professional goal of mine to put forest stewardship plans on all of the properties. So those forest stewardship plans um, are 
tenured plans that are paid for by DCR for municipalities to hire an arborist to come out, um, identify the health of the stand, the history of the stand, the stand being a forest, um, and even just history of the property to help us identify goals for those properties that we can also receive grant funding for. Um, so the open space plan and these plans coincide actually quite quite well. So for example, there's one already on Delcart and some of the identified goals in there would be, um, DCR actually has grants for volunteer um, uh, subsidies, Is that, that might be the wrong word, but DCR will give us money to pay volunteers to help um, out at Delcart. I just have to send in the paperwork. Um, down to boundary markers. So making sure that when people are walking by the train tracks, they know that there are train tracks there, down to improving um, trail markers. I have one in the works right now for Riverbend for four more um, trail markers. For Maple Hill, um, as Maple Hill moves through its planning process, you know, I, I, I imagine a lot of those same goals will be incorporated into it, but I still think it would be great to put a forest um, stewardship plan onto that. Um, I did have our DCR forester actually come out to look at Maple Hill specifically. I know there were, through this open space process, um, there were a lot of questions about the current health of Maple Hill given its past history and um, it, it, it got gold stars for, for where it's at now, so it's rebounding really well and really healthily. Um, and if you go out there now, you'll see a bunch of two, three-year-old baby pines, and it's a, I encourage you to watch competition, because <laughs> I think it'll be interesting to see who wins. Thank you, Councilor Hamlin. Councilor Jones? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, first up, Rico Lai, you're one of the most pleasant individuals I've ever met. You really, your enthusiasm and your passion toward what you do, it, it, it radiates. What was the name of your pig? George Washington. George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I've never met anybody who, who, A, who has the level of knowledge, but as much passion as you have with such, such ears that are foreign to me. I, I don't even know what the difference between a weed and a rose in many cases. Nothing. <laughs> Perception. Perception. <laughs> but um, kind of piggybacking off of what my fellow counselor said, um, Kobe's not wrong. A lot of hard work went into this. He's been a big part as well as the conservation commission. And I got to throw kudos out to Ryan Jay for all the hard work that he's put in behind this as well. Uh, it was a really cool video that you guys put together. Um, and Megan Hagen, who's, who's taken over the role of open space, recreation, historical, natural resources uh, subcommittee for the master plan, I want to thank her for, for stepping up because, in fact, one of the things I don't think many people realize is open space and recreation is one of the elements that's in the master plan. This is kind of one of those check off the list type of things that we have for the master plan. But you've also set a precedence for us, and we're really going to kind of emulate your work and kind of incorporate that into the master plan. I hope no one has any offense with that, but you've done such a great job with it um, that it just only makes sense to, to kind of move forward with those, with those both of the imagery and, and some of the some of the statements and the stuff that go along with it. But um, uh, that's nice because that, that worked well into the plan. Uh, I'm sure um, that that when we get to the point with the open space and recreation subcommittee. 
um, that will kind of incorporate some of those ideals into our books. Um, other than that, all I want to say is just wow. I mean, holy crap, how many pages? Uh, wow. I didn't read that's right, well I didn't read the whole whole thing. <laughs> but um just what just amazing, amazing work. And um I look forward to working with you guys in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Jones. Councillor Delaco. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Nice job. I just wanted to say like just all the hard work you've done and I finally got my wife to walk Belcott yes. this summer. And on a Saturday morning, and just so nice down there. Now her and the sister walk every Saturday down there, so that's just how nice it is down there. And I have pictures of my bees if you want to see them. Yes. You know, we talked about that before. So <laughs> I finally dug them out, so I'll get them to you. What's that? Thank you, Councilor Delaco. Any other counselors? With that, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 23-56. A majority vote's required. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. Resounding, unanimous. Thank you, Brickalite. Thank you. Okay, moving on, town administrator's report. All right, uh, through Mr. Chairman, so I'm gonna go through a few items here. Um, a couple of the ones that are linked on here, I'm not gonna go into much detail because the reports speak for themselves, but I'm happy to answer any questions. Uh, so on the first one, as I suggested in the past, I'm gonna give a quick update uh, on the migrant housing situation. So um, just a couple points, I'm just gonna run through them. Uh, I'm sorry for the stream of consciousness, but there's a lot to get out. Uh, first point I want to make, the National Guard is on site. Um, as we heard, the governor announced that, um, I think a few weeks ago. Um, there was a short delay at the beginning, but now we now have a member of the National Guard down there um, during the main daytime hours. Um, their responsibilities, by the way, are not public safety. Um, their responsibility really is just um, helping out any way they can within their training. Um, but uh, at least that's good news. Um, we are still frustrated that the rapid response team um, uh, or the other state um, nurses, public health officials, transitionary assistance individuals, other state agencies have not uh, been on site at all. They have not been present um, and they have not arrived. Um, but, uh, the, um, but as all of you would come to expect, and that's hopefully a theme tonight, um, the town of Franklin, uh, to speak a lies point earlier, and I think I mentioned it and everybody else did during the goals, um, you know, fortunately we have a community that is, uh, has an incredibly strong woven fabric um, between our town staff, our elected officials, um, nonprofits in the community. Uh, I just want to report to the community, the situation over there is actually relatively very stable. Um, there's still about 35 rooms occupied, about 100 or so people. Um, it's 30 school-aged children. Um, and so uh, I've been over there intermittently, just kind of driving by and want to go check in on things. Um, Kathy Liberty at the Board of Health and Alicia Deptula, uh, Casilla, the Board of Health staff have been nothing short of uh, miraculous. Uh, they've been over there every single morning. Um, our public health nurse has been over there. 
um, doing screenings, infectious disease tests, um, doing everything she can. She's a licensed individual, um, so she has been an amazing uh, resource. Um, Kathy uh, has led uh, the charge over there, as we all would expect, um, just given her experience in the pandemic. Um, just like Brigalaya, we're very lucky uh, to have Kathy in town. Um, we've built a phenomenal relationship uh, with the hotel manager, Vicki, who also uh, is nothing short of miraculous. Uh, and all the hotel staff over there have done everything they can um, to keep the site uh, as tidy and as orderly and as productive as possible. Um, I wanted to give a shout out. Uh, we've started weekly meetings among all of our staff and stakeholders um, with the groups that we think can have an impact um, right away and, and address the needs, not what we think they need, okay? Not what we think may happen, not the hypothesis, but actually what people need, right? Um, this is not a new issue in America, nor in Massachusetts, nor in Boston. We're all familiar with the Mass and Cass issue. There are, we have experienced, talented organizations in this community who know the 101 and 102 on how to deal with homeless uh, families, um, and we are very lucky. Um, obviously, the ones that stick out, the Franklin Food Pantry, Tina Powderly and her staff have already been on site. Um, not again to, to try to uh, get food that individuals um, you know, can't eat or are just very disruptive to their systems, uh, but actually talking to families um, and, and trying to get food and nutrition for those individuals that um, are more applicable for their, for their culture. Um, the food that the state has provided um, is not really the food that is needed. Um, it's generally microwavable meals. Uh, they're not cooked fresh meals every day, which is very disappointing, but hopefully in due time um, that will come out. But Tina, uh, as we would all know uh, and expect from Tina, um, calm, professional, uh, warm, just going over there and getting uh, boxes of fruit uh, and other items. Um, the Safe Coalition, uh, every time I talk to Jen Knight, I uh, am reminded at the level of knowledge that she has of dealing with human service conditions yeah, is, 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 is absolutely unbelievable. Um, and there's sometimes in me, when I, when I work with Jen, I say to myself, I never want to lose her, but sometimes I wonder maybe if the state should hire her to run all this, uh, yeah. because her knowledge um, of, of individual people, cultures, and what's needed is just absolutely, uh, is almost second to none. Uh, I want to thank uh, Felicia, the library staff, um, who have been providing uh, books uh, and other minor resource, small resources, um, some, um, some uh, infant-led programs um, to make sure that uh, families uh, have a little, a little relaxation uh, to them. And can't thank Felicia enough. The YMCA, Scott, uh, has been a part of our calls. I want to thank them uh, for being a part of it. Uh, we did tap into the Interfaith Coalition. I want to thank Jacob uh, Yunker, as well as Father Bob, pastor at the at St. Mary's Church. We call him Father Bob, at least we call him Father Bob, but it's Father Poitras. Um, and he too, um, uh, with St. Vincent de Paul, a, a big deal um, that I think people haven't really identified at the next level of government is um, faith-based services, um, church, uh, you know, for different denominations. Uh, Father Bob's been able to um, provide those resources as well as the Interfaith Coalition, as well as uh, food uh, drives for individuals, for the food that people need um, over there. They now have several tables set up with snacks um, and fruit, uh, plantains and other things, oranges that 
um, are obviously very popular for the folks that live over there. Um, and I want to thank, uh, really quickly, I want to make a mention, because I was asked to, for Random Smiles. Um, you know, I just want to make uh, clear to everybody, uh, Random Smiles um, does not have the capacity to really assist at the level they need to right now. Um, and they asked me to make sure I conveyed that, but still, when a family reached out to them at first, <laughs> they still went down to Marshalls and got uh, you know, $100 worth of clothes for the family that reached out to them. So even though they're asking um, for any, uh, no more uh, requests, um, the, uh, the Interfaith Coalition, uh, as well as I believe the Federated Church will be reached out to. Um, they're now beginning um, at least some uh, coalition of folks to deal with winter clothes coming up um, right around the corner. Um, and I do want to thank Random Smiles and Mark Souza just for stepping in still, um, even without that ability to be able to individually mark um, uh, live with his heart and uh, couldn't say no to the one family, so he did what he could. Um, and I do uh, want to give a, a really warm shout out to the superintendent of schools, um, the assistant superintendent, uh, Tina Rogers and Paul Morano, um, both who have been on site um, with the full service of the schools to enroll children evaluate children, go through all the requirements of their state laws about vaccination status, all the different things that are relative to every other student, um, treating them exactly like every other student, um, and getting up early in the morning and riding the bus um, with those kids um, to school um, to make sure that they were safe, comfortable, and were welcomed. Um, the last thing I would mention is um, I, I don't think anybody would be surprised to hear um, that this community has come together um, organically um, and with just a little bit of leadership from various folks um, to address this issue. Um, I don't think anyone should be shocked um, that that's the way Franklin runs. And we should all be really grateful and thankful and proud. I also want to give a shout out to the residents in the town who have not tried to overdo it. We talked about this at the last meeting. Some communities, you know, hundreds of people showing up with stuff, um, creating additional burdens and problems, all from the kindness of their hearts. This isn't, but I, I just thank everybody for paying attention to either our releases and our news, the superintendent's news, um, and the Board of Health, um, as well as those other nonprofits. They are doing things that are addressing the needs of the people that are there. The situation is very stable, it's very safe. Um, there are still some challenges that we're working through. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank um, Senator Rausch and uh, Representative Roy for listening to me vent <laughs> this week. Um, it was a whopper of a 10 minutes. People know I can have it every once in a while. Um, I think a lot of local officials are frustrated. Um, but with that has come uh, additional communication from the administration. We have a bi-weekly meeting now uh, for Amy and I to attend uh, with Lieutenant Governor directly. Um, to at least communicate back and forth. Uh, it's a little deja vu of the pandemic, to be honest with you, of those calls um, you know, every week or two, but uh, I give the administration credit uh, for trying to pivot a little bit and engage local officials at a deeper level um, to hear, you know, again, directly from us about the actual on-the-ground uh, situations that are happening in each of our communities, and not trying to project or theorize what's going to come. Um, you know, they've, they've been able to turn that corner, and as we all know, it's been in the news, I think um, the administration has tried to file for more money um, through the legislature, and obviously there'll be, um, there'll be some debate that's well out of our court here. 
um, later on. So I just want to thank Rep. Roy, as always, for being available and listening um, and representing Franklin uh, to the best of their ability, and Senator Rush as well, and her staff, um, for being on that call um, and being a phenomenal listener. Um, not just to my 10 minute then, but also to Chairman. By the way, it was 16. 16. I, I follow. <laughs> I, that's not true. Um, and uh, fine, 16. I'll go 20 minutes on this one. But, uh, but to the few of us that were on our call, thank you very much for them. And thank you for everybody in the community uh, who's stepping up. Um, again, the situation is very stable over there. We're not hearing the same stories from some of the other communities that are involved in this at all. But I would expect nothing less out of Franklin um, for trying to do the right thing. So, um, with that as a bit of a backdrop, I know we'll do another update in a couple weeks. Hopefully, we'll have some more news um, exactly on the financing. Uh, and then, second under the TA report, Mr. Chairman, is the demolition, demolition delay uh, bylaw report, as well as the decommissioning of the Spring Street. Both two goals that were on the agenda this year. Um, that I was frustratingly having a hard time getting to, but um, our assistant uh, for a while, Julie Jacobs Jacobson, um, always showing up at my door like a, a kid for Christmas. Do we have anything more for me to do? Do we have anything more for me to do? So we gave her these projects. Um, these are really fascinating. There's some deep reports in here. For the public at home, really quickly, the demo delay has been something the historical commission has asked for for years, a review of that bylaw. Um, we did go through that entire bylaw with them, as well as the building commissioner, and it came to the consensus that the bylaw is working very well. Um, the historical commission is going to have, I think, some discussions about when to start those demo delays in terms of the year. Um, but we will wait for their uh, correspondence back. And then um, the decommission of Spring Street, I know, has gotten a little bit of attention. And thank goodness, it's a fascinating report. It dates back 200 plus years. For those of you Franklinites and townies that really want to go way back generations, um, most people do not know Spring Street is a public way. And I know you've tried to drive it, Mr. Chairman. I have God bless it. you for trying. Have you can't, it you can't get through it. <laughs> and the truck got stuck. Well, you just barely made it. <laughs> just barely made it. Spring Street goes from all the way to Washington, all the way over to Milford Regional Hospital on 140. Um, don't go in there like <laughs> please don't um, it, it is a it is a treacherous hike uh, it is not easy um, and really the goal was of this if people notice we've been trying over the years to give better access to Franklin State Forest to the open space conversation a moment ago um, there's a huge untapped resources there's a lot of awesome trails um, it's enormous you can really get away from the world we built the parking lot with Rep Roy's support um, off Beaver and Grove. At the top of Spring Street near the solar farm, there's another public parking lot up there that was part of the mitigation from that solar farm for about 15 cars. We're gonna try to work with the state to put some trail maps. Um, and we just wanted to evaluate, like what if it wasn't a road, but what if we could create a trailhead along Spring Street through the whole state forest? And maybe through our state delegation, work on some financing to be able to improve the conditions of that road, which is barely a trail, it's really just a very rocky, rocky, rocky uh, woods. Um, but there's an opportunity there to connect to the YMCA up at Forge Park. Um, Julie did a great job on these reports, and um, you know, hopefully down the line we'll hear from the Historical Commission, and uh, we will work with DCR uh, and the State Forest folks to see if there's any way we can try to collaborate on enhancing the trail and the road on that public way. So, um, check those two goals off. Thank you, Julie Jacobson. <laughs>
Thank you, Jamie. I, and just to clarify one point, because I don't want people to get the wrong impression that might just be listening. When you say the National Guard is on site, the National Guard isn't there with trucks and tanks no. and all of this. Right. And there's one National Guards person or two, uh, depending upon the day, there helping. For about six hours a day, um, you know, just try to do whatever they can to try to help the families um, and connect the dots. So we're very grateful for that. Um, we could use more. Um, so we're hopeful that Rep. Roy and Senator Rausch can um, help us with that. I'm sure they will, rather than listen for another 16 minutes. <laughs> you know what? If I have to vent for 16 minutes and it gets action, then you don't want me to keep venting. I won't say I was falling asleep. I was not. <laughs> I was there. I was on that call. Uh, Councilor Jones. Uh, no, I think the answer my question. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Chairman. Chair, through you. Uh, so we we frustrated that the rapid response team hasn't made it there yet. Yeah, I think I'd be remiss if I, if I said it wasn't rapid. Um, and I know that it, it, it is frustrating. Um, but, you know, I think... We can change the name. Yeah, I don't... I, I just, just the response team would be good. But I think also in, in deference to the state, you know, we all know one of the challenges statewide with this is there's not enough service providers for all the services that are needed. Um, there's no transportation services for these individuals yet. Again, I think, you know, basic food and other things, you know, have got to still be triaged. There's a lot of work to go. Um, but, um, you know, I think like the pandemic and like other emergencies, we're just trying to week by week as a team, you know, try to chip away at it. And again, I can't say enough about the hotel staff, Mickey, um, and the entire team over there. Um, you know, obviously on October 1st, we're told that um, the entire hotel will be filled. But again, I would caution people to not, we, we told this before and people didn't arrive. Right. You know, it could be throughout the whole fall. It may never matriculate, we don't know. Um, so we're trying to deal with what we see in front of us and, and if there are more families, we'll just continue our efforts at the local level and continue to advocate at the state level. Great, thank you. Any any other question? Councilor Galaco? Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. To Mr. Chairman, to Jamie. Uh, Jamie, I've been getting a lot of phone calls that a lot of residents that they, they realize that the winter is coming mm -hmm. and they have some, you know, maybe they have some old jackets uh, for the kids and stuff, uh, even that they don't, can they drop them off up there? Uh, what, what would they, where do you want them? It's a, it's a great question. I would just ask anybody to pause, not just not going okay. up there. Well, then gotcha. There's gotta be somebody to go through all the materials. I do know the Interfaith Coalition and some of the third party nonprofits are gonna communicate to the public hopefully over the next month or so. Once we evaluate the needs, how many people, um, but I know that it's on our radar, um, and so um, hopefully in October, you know, we'll be able to get some additional messaging out and coordinate that program so uh, we don't get flooded with too much or things we don't need, um, and so, um, but, uh, but we'll be working on that in October. So I would just pause on anybody going up there right now um, and, uh, and just wait for the queue, if you will, from um, from some of the organizers in town. Well, that's what I told them to do anyway. I said, don't don't yeah. do anything until we find out what's going on. But I just wanted it to be known because I know I've got a few phone calls. Sure. Thank you, Councilor Delaco. Councilor Plager. Uh, through you, Mr. Um, Bursa. Um, what is your plan for the 
And I have questions about the students. Mm -hmm. You said there's about 30 of them. Have they entered the school system? They have. Um, there's about 30, and it's, it's fortunately spread across all grades, so there's not really one huge impact one place. Uh -huh. um, it's been pretty flawless so far. Um, and, and have we been able to check birth certificates? That is something, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think that that's an issue that's going to pop up. Um, you know, if you're from another country, you may not. Into, but what about vaccination papers? Yeah, the, the su superintendent of schools is handling all of those issues just like they would any other child who moved to Franklin. Okay, because that's very important. That calls about that, you know, about how these students and maybe had, have not had their vaccinations, but I'm sure then that they are taking care of that. Yeah, I just add, you know, if anybody has any questions regarding the school-related issues, I mean, obviously, I can answer probably a little bit, but um, I've gotten a lot of emails about that. I really need to encourage everybody to email, you know, the school administration who are, who are just obviously know the process and the requirements and the laws much better than we do, um, but they're facilitating this and they've been experiencing this, um, you know, for the last month, so. Um, I would just encourage anybody out there that has questions on these matters to contact the superintendent's office um, and wait for further uh, direction from the superintendent. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councilor Pellegrini. Councilor Chandler? Through you, Mr. Chairman, to the town administrator. I mean, obviously, we want to take care of people. We have a duty to educate people, definitely. Um, the one question I haven't really seen asked is, you talked about 30 kids, but I'm gonna say at 15,000 a kid, if we have 50 kids, it's 750,000. If there's 300 people at that hotel and there's 100 kids, it could be 1.5 million. I mean, so I'm really upset about the state because we don't know if we're getting that money. I mean, if we have to come up with 1.5 million, never mind 750, this, five firefighters, five police officers, and five DPWs going home the next day. I just, I'm very frustrated with that. And I, I understand, understand, I understand I mean, that's, that's reality for us though. Right. Because we have, to, we have a duty to educate the kids, but I mean, those numbers I'm throwing around are not crazy numbers if there was 100 kids. They're, they're right on the money at 15,000 a kid. We've been given some preliminary okay, information, but Nobody can tell us when. <laughs> yeah, so the good news is, so there's some good news and bad news, and I think I, Council Chandler, I think, asked a question that many people are curious about. Um, the state has already approved, in a former piece of legislation, um, $104 a day per child for reimbursement, okay? So if you add that up over the course of a you know, full school year, that's about $17,000, $18,000 per child. So. Theoretically, that is going to cover the cost of those children. What, what the, what the, what, you know, that's already been appropriated in a separate piece of legislation. Um, we've all been getting that citation out of the administration through DESE, and they've, there's a dedicated person, by the way, that is uh, collaborating um, with um, uh, with the superintendent of schools from the Department of Education. Um, I think the question from local officials is, you know, when is that going to come in? Um, what's the requirements if a student leaves in the middle of the year? How does that flow? And I think we also have to give the state some time to work through a lot of these dynamics. Um, these are challenging situations. We're at a meeting today with Norfolk County. The town of Plainville has two hotels. 
Um, I think the town of Westboro has three hotels. Um, so there are other communities that are dealing with larger populations. I think Dedham has a couple as well. Um, and so those questions, Councilor Chandler, that you're asking, are, are obviously amplified even that much more in other communities than here. Um, but they have committed to that. And like every year, um, October 1st is like kind of the enrollment deadline, if you will, for the school year. And so they're basing that number off your enrollment as of at least October 1st. <coughs> Post-October 1st, we've asked the question, and I know that Jeff, excuse me, Representative Roy and Senator Rausch have asked the same questions out of the administration. Um, everything we're asking, by the way, um, everything we're asking here tonight or, or to ourselves at home or with our families, the state representative and state senator are asking the same questions. We've confirmed that in the last couple of weeks. Um, and so when do those payments, well, what if a student comes in December um, or next March? Um, but you know, the state's dealing with the triage today, so maybe they can't answer those questions yet, but they have funded and committed to $104 per day per child as reimbursement, which about comes out to about $17,000, $18,000 a year, which is about the town of Franklin. I think it's pretty much right on the town of Franklin's per people cost. But that happens to be the statewide per people cost in the aggregate. The only thing I, I would add to that is, or concern, because I asked the question uh, during our phone call with uh, Senator Rauch and Rep. Roy, and that is, what if some of these kids, or one of these kids, or a group of them, need special education, special, <coughs> require special uh, instruction of some one kind or another? Where does that money come from? And that's the number probably that scares me more than anything as we sit here now, because that can be a very large number. And the only answer I've been able to get to date is that there may be a $1,000 uh, adjustment to that 104 number, or that $17,000 number, there may be another $1,000 that could be there. But that's not definitive. And to Jamie's point and to Councilor Chandler's point, uh, the, one of the bigger questions that we continue to ask is, okay, if this is what we're going to get, when are we mm -hmm. going to when? get this? And when? nobody can give us that answer. And the legislature, our, our legislative body, uh, Rep. Roy, uh, Senator Rose, are asking that question on a weekly basis. But we need to give the state some time to kind of go through all of this, but at some point, hopefully we'll get the answers to the five pages of questions that we submitted. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Any other questions? Okay. Uh, next item on the agenda is subcommittee, uh, an ad hoc committee reports. Capital didn't meet, NBC didn't meet, uh, budget didn't meet. Master plan? Yes, sir, we did. We met on September 13th, just you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, actually last week, in regards to uh, upcoming harvest 
event, events, mm -hmm. festival events coming up. We're putting plans together to have a booth as well as some literature that's going to be available. So please come on down, uh, pay a visit to us. We'll open the public will come out and, and meet us and get, get to know a little bit about what the master plan goals are. Um, we have we will be uh, revealing a logo as well as some some cool imagery that we've been working on. We've come up with a new slogan. A very clever slogan that's that's referred to as "Form Franklin's Future." And we're going to be having some nice posters and other cool things at the Harvest Festival that you guys that was on, on display, as well as some uh, pamphlets that, that, that Melanie and Aaron have been working together on putting together uh, for the food pit. I'm sorry for the Harvest Festival and. Um, our subcommittees are currently meeting and we're waiting on more data from Bader and Barrett as they continue to uh, gather more information themselves. We are, our next meeting is, I apologize, I don't have it right in front of me. It's next week, right? <coughs> yeah, 27th. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Councilor Jones. Uh, Davis Their Reuse Advisory Committee. Councilor Plagley. Through the chair. Um, we had our meeting and last night, and it worked out very well. We had on our agenda the police, the recreation and cultural, and um, talked about, well, we'll stop. the police came forward, uh, the chief, and after much discussion and all, it came out that he really wasn't interested personally in the Davis Fair School. Didn't think it was large enough, and um, <coughs> of keeping the fire the police station now and having an annex you know and um, having certain ones be at one and then certain ones being at the other it was a thought uh, the recreation department liked the idea of uh, using the Davis Fair School uh, in fact I think it would have been a little bit too large for them and again with them perhaps to use what they have and some of the space over at the Davis Theater. So uh, a lot of good ideas are coming forward. Uh, cultural, maybe to be able to work in with the recreation department um, at the Davis Theater. So these are all things that we're thinking of and people are thinking of. Castle Booth was there, the two representatives, and one of them said that he did not see a, a police department going in that building at all. So um, that will be in the minutes. And let me see what else we said here. Well, we did set up a day. Jamie, what was it? The 21st of November nope. and the 20th. Oh, no, nope. um, November, October, you almost threw me a curveball there. Uh, October 20th. October 20th. From 2 to 5. And, and Saturday, day. October 21st. From 10 to 2 will be the uh, couple open houses where people can um, look at the building. From anybody who's potentially interested in um, evaluating the site for some sort of use, or if people want to go back and enjoy the building for <coughs> memories. I just want to remind everybody um, that there's no elevator, um, there's stairs only. Um, and so uh, the staff is going to have to work on some of those issues to be able to get people inside who may not be able to. Um, but those are the two dates of the open houses. Okay. And then the last discussion was on cleaning out the school. 
that there's a lot of things that are still left in there, namely a lot of desks and chairs. And um, our committee had suggested that we have people um, put in that they might like to have some of the desks and all. Because um, Mike D'Angelo was saying what they do is they toss them. And I just think that's a waste of money to toss them. There might be a lot of people out there that would be interested uh, for down in their den and wherever for their kids to have their own little desk prepared them for school. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a discussion. Um, but all in all, I thought it was a great meeting. Great. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Council Plagary. Okay. Moving on. Future agenda items. No, police station. No. Oh, police station. We didn't need. We didn't need. Yatra? Yeah. 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 Yatra Advisory Board met today. It was a pretty quick meeting. Um, the big item was uh, for the first time a clear packet uh, telling advisory board members what their role is. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, some basic information about um, how GAPTRA works, how it's structured, how it's organized, uh, some of the things that we should be looking for within a role. It, it was a very welcome uh, piece and I think will help with the sustainability uh, of the organization and make sure that you know, there's a pretty rapid overturn of members and so making sure that they can catch up to speed quicker uh, will be a big deal. Great. Thank you, Councilor Fungerland. Now, future agenda items. Councilor Sheridan. Uh, this time. Councilor Fringill. Uh, I just want to make sure that we don't lose, um, that, that we revisit uh, the flag uh, policy conversation. Um, that doesn't fall off the map mm -hmm. uh, in whatever form that that should take. Yeah, understood. Anything else? That's it. Councilor Hamlin. Uh, nothing at this time, thank you. Councilor Cormier Ledger. Just want to second the flag issue with the chairman. Nothing else, thank you. Councillor Chandler. Nothing at this time. Councillor Plagary. I think I had asked the last time to, if we could have something about the old museum, um, the Brick School, you know, where it stands right now. And there was one other thing there, too. The meeting house. The, um, well, that's, that's the, the, yeah, that's the, that's the, the, the museum. Yeah. The old museum. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, just, just to have a, a report on the three of them to see what's going on and where we stand. Mr. Chairman, very quickly, the cupola is not going to be scheduled to get to work till next spring at the earliest. Um, the Red Brick Schoolhouse, you'll, the community will be receiving a hopeful invite very soon for ribbon cutting because um, the exterior is um, done. Um, the DPW is working on the landscaping. There's a couple punch list items um, that have to get done, but the vast majority of the exterior is complete. Um, and um, I'm not sure what the request is with the museum, but I'll circle back with Council of Employee after the meeting and, and find out what that is. With okay. Excuse me. Go ahead. The cupola. Why is that taking so long? It's just, it just, there's so much work to do. It, I so much work to do on the cupola? In town. Oh, in town. Yeah. On the projects. Right. My goodness, this has been going on for a year and a half anyway, probably longer. We spent that year and a half completing the Red Brick Schoolhouse. So hopefully, once the Red Brick is done right now, I mean, I know it, I know people, and I respect that people get frustrated. The schools are frustrated with, you know, you know, the bleachers. The schools are frustrated. I mean, there's just so much work to do. Remington Jefferson. I mean, there's so much stuff to do. It's just it, it's overwhelming and it's just difficult because when you do a project like that, 
you, you got to start it and finish it right away because you got to get scaffolding up. Um, costs are very high right now. Um, but we, we will get it done. The appropriation is done. Uh, but now that the red brick schoolhouse done, we're going to be focusing back on the museum uh, next. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Councilor Jones. Yes, sir. Councilor Nothing at this time. Okay, Councilor Comments. Councilor Cormier-Lezer. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I uh, just want to thank everyone from the Franklin Elks and uh, those amazing donations tonight. Seems like that presentation was a few days ago, um, but that was, uh, that, that was tonight. Um, I want to mention I had a fantastic meeting uh, with Jen Knight-Levine and her staff this week at the Safe Coalition because they had the forward thinking to apply for a grant and they received it from Rockland Trust to do some preventative work to help LGBT youth in Franklin before they reach the point of substance use. Right. So I just think it's fantastic that they're thinking outside the box and thinking about how they can actually help kids that may be struggling. Um, and the, what came from that meeting is what, what I think will evolve into uh, their willingness to host a community of providers in that space. So we talked a lot about that other groups were doing work to help LGBT kids, to help LGBT adults, LGBT seniors, whatever. So rather than duplicate services, let's get everybody together, talk about what's going on, figure out how we can kind of maybe put a coalition, if you will. Um, so that was very exciting, and thank you to them. Um, and just finally, I just want to thank everybody that is handling this migrant situation, because it's not easy. Right, and the, the discussions aren't easy, the politics aren't easy, the vitriol on social media is completely out of whack, right? But these are people, and these are children, and they're in our town, and we're responding, and we're responding with dignity, compassion, empathy, and professionalism. And everybody involved is to be commended, because these are people. We'll figure out the money. The, the, the questions about the money are valid but we're getting the services needed to people and to children that are in our community, and I just want to thank everybody for that. So, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councilor Cormier-Ledger. Councilor Chesler. All right, um, I didn't have much this week, but um, I'm such a boomer. Um, <laughs> I, I, was so, I was kind of sad, like, this isn't political, but you saw that the U.S. Senate today, or yesterday, took away their dress code. And I'm a guy, I'm very, you know, this is my uniform, I wear a, a shirt and a tie no matter whether it's 120 or 20 below. So I just, I, I don't really agree with that. I kind of wish they kept the decorum, but that's just me. Like I said, I'm, the world's passing me by a little bit, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you, Councilor Chandler. Councilor Pelegri. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I really didn't have anything except now to agree with what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're very lucky the way that everybody dresses when they come to our meetings. It's, it's a sign of respect. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councilor. All these is what it is. Well, this is this is real exciting to be. Good stuff. Uh, that the uh, Alps coming. 
with open space. Town come together for the migrants. It kind of reminded me of a Hallmark movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to second everything the council let you said about the migrants. Thank you. Thank you, Council Sharon. Council Frangelo. Yeah, pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> it, well, I mean, every, every time the Elks uh, come and present as much money as they do and, and care for our veterans as much as they do, that's, that's a special uh, special moment. A um, few things to call out. Tomorrow we got uh, office hours, 8.30 at uh, Senior Center. Everyone's welcome to those. Uh, we get the Harvest Fest next Saturday. Uh, that's the 30th, 12 to 5, one of the best days of the year uh, to be in Franklin. Don't miss that. Um, I want to call out you know, one of those groups um, that's helping uh, the migrants um, and you know, sort of one of the groups to look to as you're seeing how uh, you can help. Uh, and that, that is the Safe Coalition. And as, as discussed, I mean, Jen is um, very, very knowledgeable as is her staff uh, about some of their needs. They're going face to face. They care a lot about um, making sure that we're not just throwing resources, but that they're actually meeting um, current needs. And they're doing a really good job of working with other community partners. Uh, Franklin area moms uh, have been doing a ton uh, getting resources together. Fish, Neighbor Brigade uh, have all been working together. So if you're looking for one of the places um, that you can help, go through the State Coalition. They have an essential needs drive um, that they've put together. Uh, with some of the current needs, and I imagine that they'll be one of the decent resources as well as the Interfaith Council uh, or Interfaith Coalition that you can look to uh, for some guidance. Um, and the last thing I wanted to thank um, Grayland and Black Box uh, for the volunteer fair last Wednesday. Uh, this was something that came out of the arts and culture conversation. Uh, it, it came up like, oh, you know, there's a it's difficult for people, uh, especially new residents or even you know long-time residents, uh, to figure out where the volunteer opportunities are to get connected with the groups. Um, we have so many people do doing so many really cool things, but it's, it can be uh, difficult to find uh, those opportunities. Um, and so, to her credit, uh, Raylan Mercer stepped up uh, in one of those meetings and said, uh, "Well, we can host a, a volunteer fair and, and get a whole uh, bunch of groups together." And um, yeah, I wasn't sure what that would look like, and then all of a sudden, hey, we're doing it. It's uh, here's the time. Um, here's how it's going to look, uh, and they did. And there were a whole bunch of groups, and I, I hope that it's uh, the first of, of a few to come uh, because it, you know, it got hurt by the uh, the hurricane, the tornado warnings, um, in terms of in terms of attendance. But still, people showed up, and certainly uh, there was a high attendance from our local organization. So uh, thank you to Black Box um, for hosting that, and I hope to see more in the future. Thank you, Councilor Frangillo. Councilor Hamlin. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I like to echo all of my, the sentiments that have been sentiments that have been um, have been mentioned from my fellow councilors. Um, with special thanks to the Elks, the Bingo, and the Riders. It's just amazing how much money that they donated to our veterans. Uh, and um, Lai and the Conservation <coughs> Commission. They're still here. Um, thank you for hanging out with us. So thank you for that wonderful um, report. Uh, I'm just going to mention the Harvest Festival. Come to the Master Plan Committee booth, and you'll see us all there, and you'll get to write down what you think we should be working on you, you, to help us form Franklin's future. Uh, farmer's Market is still ongoing, don't forget. Uh, and the last market is October 27th. 
and that's the great pumpkin weigh-in. So if you're growing your pumpkins, um, hopefully they haven't rotted in the rain. Um, there's also a decorating contest with the theme of what do you do to help the bees. So if you if your pumpkin has rotted, you can decorate one and bring it and join the fun. Um, but this Friday, the fish lady will be back, so that's very exciting. The library will be there with their library, their farm, farmers market fun. Um, there'll be live music, and um, thank you to the town administrator for ranting for 16 minutes um, to get some information because we all want the information, and I just want to reiterate that it's amazing what people in Franklin are doing to help with compassion. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Hamlin. Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Councilor Sheridan, I really am happy this is a Hallmark movie, not, yeah. a, not a Lifetime movie network. Oh. But um, oh, TV, too. <laughs> okay, Quick question, Mr. Chairman, to Councilor Plegri. Uh, the Davis State School, would that come up at all? I know that's still in the basement. Yeah. Hopefully it's getting treated well. You had brought that up at the time. Yeah. 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 Okay. Just said, okay, discussion. Yeah. Came along. I said, okay. I'm going to school board. Okay. I may end up in the museum. Okay. That would be great. Probably not in Councilor Jones's. Well, that's where it started. And that's how I get back. Don't light it up. So that's great. I appreciate that because that put a lot of hard work into that. It's hard to believe that. I know. That was. 12 years ago okay. that, that I refurbished that school board. So I'm, I'm sad to hear that the school's closed and it's no longer going to be used. But I appreciate the fact that it may end up in the thing that you did. Do you know anyone who works the Anyways, um, one of the things that popped into my head when I, I was hoping the town clerk was going to stick around, but I'll blame her for leaving. Uh, she said, Jamie, Mr. Chairman, just Good point. Is this, if you can mention to her, she said that with the confusion with the ballots, how she said there's going to be a green and a, and a, and a red ballot envelope. Mm -hmm. Could you throw it by her and ask her if it would be possible to add a color code to the ballot so that the ballot matches the envelope? So they went green, green, red, red, red. Just something I thought I couldn't really bring up during sure. her, her point earlier. If I know that you got an answer. Yeah. Huh? The ballot isn't anything that you can touch, but the envelope, and that's even difficult to get something on that because we did this another time years ago, and I used a sticker to show that the sticker had one ballot in it. Without the sticker yeah. was the opposite election. So I think she's doing a great job doing it just the yeah, way she is. Just yeah. curious. Yeah. So something like that. Um, and of course, the, you know, my other point that came up that I think has already been answered is yeah. just the, the Habitat for Humanities. Other than that, great night tonight. Um, the Elks, thank you very much. The Liar, the Space, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. No, not yet. Councilor DeLarco. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I'd also like to thank my brother Elks. I know that how much hard work that they do down there. I would say one of all you got a lot of uh, events. Um, Couple of things. Um, obviously, you're you're right about Gen Knight. I mean, we knew that eight years ago when I was sitting on the stage at, in the high school, and uh, Jeff Roy and myself were saying, you know, we got to find somebody to run this. He said, so let's try to pick somebody out in the crowd. So every time they got up to speak, Jim Derrick got up, and I said to Jeff, you know, there's one. And then Jen got up, and I go, 
Well, there's another one. But we, we grabbed them right after the meeting, and uh, that was great choices. Um, uh, the other thing is, um, I gotta give a shout out to the who, whoever whoever this is that does the food for the schools. The, Colin. Because my friend is a city councilor up at Peabody, John Turco, and he came in and said um, at his meeting they showed pictures of Franklin, Franklin's uh, steaks and all that stuff, and he was wondering how it got done. And he was like, Franklin. He goes, I'm like, what, what am I? You know, we work together, so it was it was a good dig for me to give him. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. It, Shout out to them. And uh, I have to give a shout out to the first responders today. My, my daughter got into an accident pretty bad on King Street today. Um, and um, the first responders showed up to police and fire. And of course, my daughter was pretty banged up. Uh, luckily, she's okay. But she, you know, she was very upset when something happens like that. She had a dog in her car. That's kind of caused the accident. And, uh, she was just so thankful to the, the police and fire for how nice they treated her. I mean, she was very upset. And actually, one of the firefighters was walking her dog up and down like the chain while everybody was trying to calm her down. So I got to give a shout out to the police and fire because uh, I really appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you, Councilor DeLarco. Uh, I'll just reiterate what every one of my counselors, uh, fellow counselors, have said. Uh, and thank you to the Elks, thank you to our department heads, our administrative team for helping us achieve that list of goals that we talked about earlier this evening. Uh, I also want to give thanks to all of our department heads and administration for dealing, and they're dealing with the migrant issue and the compassion that they continuously show, but especially to Kathy Liberty and the Board of Health, mm -hmm. because Kathy Liberty uh, just finished three years of a pandemic, uh, dealing with that day after day after day, and then without much of a break, all of a sudden uh, we had the migrant situation. And she was the first one to throw her hand up and say, I'll take the lead. And uh, I just can't thank her and the Board of Health and everyone else for doing what we all know our community does, which is welcoming and helping and compassion to people. With that, Jamie, did you have an update from Nancy? <laughs> I know, I know she called she me. Called. So. <laughs> I wanted to just put her up to the mic. Uh, I already forgot most of her answers. She's going to kill me. She can do a little bit of that. Um, I think there's one in the envelope she said she can't change, but she'll send, um, she'll send you guys an email okay. tomorrow. I, I was trying to hear. I couldn't hear everything. And I don't know. Understood. I give her Thank you, Nancy, thank you, for Nancy. continuing to listen <laughs> yeah, to the meeting after you went home. Okay, uh, with that, we have. Let's let's just do this for. Yeah. Why not? Why not? It's better, than, it's better than an email. 
I'm just gonna put you on the mic, Dance. No swearing. color of the envelopes. Mm -hmm. They come from the state. I think Consulate Pelegri mentioned that too. Yeah. Yep. Nancy, <laughs> you used your yeah. three minutes yeah. early on. <laughs> yep. Go to bed, Nancy. Get up at it's slowly not a Hallmark Cannot change the color of the envelopes, and the ballots will clearly state Tri County and the town of Franklin. For two different Okay, with that, I'd entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. Non-debatable. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed. Thank you, one and all. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008 and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.